0: In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. I promise you that um, during uh, our talking about launching into the depth, we'll talk about three topics, uh, a series of three topics: why I'm Christian, why I am Orthodox, why I'm Coptic. So hopefully we'll finish the fir- hopefully we'll finish the first one today. Why I am Christian? Why do you are Christians? Why are we are here in the church today? If anyone would come and stop you. And ask you, why are you Christian? What would you answer? What would you say? If someone stops you and say, tell you, why are you Christian? Why you're not Hindus? Why you're not Buddhist? Why you're not a Jew? Why are you not an atheist? Now, the best teaching—that's one of them. Best teaching—that's a good answer. Best teaching, yes. Hmm. The only. The only way, he is the way, of course. But he will tell you, well, my way is the, is, the, is the right way. Everyone in his mind or her mind, like, my way is the right way, the best way. Love is, is the, the religion that takes, talks about love the most. Jesus sacrificed, that's a good answer too. He's the only God that came to sacrifice himself for humanity. I'll make it, I'll make it easy for you. When you compare any, when you compare religions, Maabod, so I would assume that, especially in America, or in Europe, or in Australia, or those, any, you know, open mind societies, uh, you have a lot of religions. So it's like a market. You have everything in front of your eyes. You have atheism, you have Christianity, you have Judaism, you have Islam, you have Buddhism, you have Hinduism. You have all the religions, Baháís and whatever, Satanic Church, Scientology, and all those kind of uh, denominations ahead of us or in front of us. So why do I pick Christianity? I have to convince myself and I have to know why we picked Christianity. Someone you will tell me we did not pick it, we were baptized into it so, because we were born a Christian. If you tell someone I'm Christian because I was born a Christian, this is a very weak answer. That's why we'll try to launch into the depth uh, today and for the next several weeks to know why we are Christians. So when you compare religions, in general, you compare the main five points that you always compare religions with. Number one, who is God? What's the concept of God in that religion? Number two, who is man? What does that religion make of man? Or what does that religion make of a man? A man becomes what in that religion? Number three, who is my role model? is the example that that religion is giving me. Number four is the source, the teaching. What kind of teachings do we have in that religion? And the last one is the promise. At the end of my life, what is the promise that I am giving in that religion? So based on those five points, we will compare. I'm not going to talk about any other religion because this is not the scope of our teaching, but I'll focus more on Christianity. I'll let you compare Christianity with other religions when it comes to the point that we'll be talking about. That's your homework. Um, but I will focus more on Christianity. So um, today we'll talk about who is God in Christianity. Hopefully we'll finish you know, all, all uh, everything about why I'm Christian today. But we'll focus more on who is God. Five characters in God in Christianity that you will not find in other religions. And I want you to keep that in mind. Because this is how we know why we are Christian. This is launching into the depths now. So keep those points in mind. Number one, because God, our God in Christianity, is full of love. If you look in in other teachings of our religion, you will not find the word God is love. Again, that's your homework. Compare and and tell me what you found. But in, in, in Christianity, God is full of love. God is for me, not against me. God is not a God that is required things from me uh, for Him. God in Christianity is is not asking me for things to do to respect Him. Well, to love Him, yes, but not to fear Him. Not to uh, be away from Him and do things due to Him. No, God in Christianity would love me even if I deny Him. He would love me even if I don't worship Him. He would be crucified for me even if I don't kneel down to him. He would love me even if I blaspheme against him. He would love me even if I disobeyed him and ignored his commandment. Right or not? Would would, would, would God leave us if we disobeyed him? Or if we don't kneel to him or we don't worship him? Would he like leave us? No, he would still love us because God in Christianity, our Lord Jesus Christ, cannot do anything but just loving So he is full of love. God is full of love. And you would see this um, example in the prodigal son. And our Lord Jesus Christ tried to to bring the idea of how loving God is in Christianity to everyone's mind by giving us some examples, one of which is the prodigal son. In the prodigal son, we see how the son went away, far away with his friends. Yet, when he came back, the father was waiting for him, hugging him, accepting him doing a whole celebration for him, giving him a ring and a robe and and everything. It's love. Yes, you go away, but when you repent, I'll accept you again. You go away, you deny me as Peter did, but when you come back, I'll accept you. I'll make you one of my apostles. He is full of love. So I have the, the best God in Christianity because, one, he is full of love. Two, because he is the Pantocrator, he is the Almighty. There is nothing that God, our God, cannot do or cannot make. Of course, first, he created everything. He created the universe. He is mighty. He is able to do anything. He is able to solve my problems. He is able to give me eternal life. He is able to save me from my sickness, whether we're talking about physical sickness or psychological or emotional, whatever it is. He is able to save me. Other people worshipped the sun, the moon, the stars... Uh, idols. What did, do, what, did, do God, what did the other gods do to them? Nothing. But my God is able to do everything. He is the Pantocrator. He is the Almighty. That's why in the, in the East here when we pray, you see the Pantocrator. You see our Lord Jesus Christ to remind us that he is the Pantocrator that is able to do everything at any time. He is above all times. He is everywhere. If you compare that with other gods, and if we call them gods in other religion, you will, you will not find this combination. Even in, in old days, in, in some days, they, they have gods for everything. They have a god of, of love, a god of, um, of, of the universe, a god for the plants, a god for works. They have a god for everything. Why? Because there is no one god that can do everything, so that's why they came up with the idea of a god for everything—a god of beauty, god for wars, whatever it is. So to have a god that full of love, full of or Pantocrator—that's our god. Number three, because he is full of wisdom. If you have a god who is full of love, and he's capable to do anything and he's not wise, God forbid, then it's a very bad combination. If this God is full, of, who is full of love, and able to do anything, and I am his son or his daughter, and telling him to do something, and without wisdom he does it, because I asked for, this is a chaos. So he is full of wisdom. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to plan things for me. That's why in the Bible it says, everything works for good for those who love God. He is in the, he's already in my future. So that's why I can pray for him and I can tell him let it be according to your will. Why? Because I trust him. I trust his wisdom that it, he, is, he is in the future. He knows what he's doing. So my God is the best God. Why? Because he is full of love. He is the almighty, the Pantocrator that he is full of wisdom. Where else you would find this combination. Fourth point, my God is the best God because he is the God that allowed me to call him a father. When the, when the, when the disciples asked him, teach us how to pray, he didn't say, well, you say, God, O oh God, we worship you, we glorify you, we praise you, the Almighty, you are our God, we kneel down to you. He didn't say that. What did he say? He said, When you talk to me, say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thine, and so on. So he allowed us to call him a Father. A Father with unconditional love, unlimited giving. You have to know that about our God. He has unconditional love and unlimited giving. You will not find in any other religion you can call a God a Father. Usually a god is something like from far from humanity that we worshipped, that we are afraid of, that we do everything due to him. And sometimes in, in, in other um, cults or religion back in the Old Testament, sadly sometimes you know, they existed until you know, a few centuries ago, maybe you know, one century or two centuries ago, they used to offer sacrifice, human sacrifices to a god. What kind of a God who would ask humans to offer other humans to him or her? Sometimes it's a him, sometimes it's a her. So in in, in my religion, my God is the best God for he is full of love. He is the Pantocrator, the Almighty. He is full of wisdom. He is my Father, unconditional love and unlimited giving. The last thing in this point is he is the only God that came to earth, came and took my form to save me. Go do your homework and compare in other religion if you find any other gods who came, who left his almighty, who left his throne, who left his kingdom and came down to humans to lift humans up to him. Think in your mind. Do you have any other religion in mind that did the same thing? I don't think so. Well, do your homework. I did not do it. So you do your homework and, and let me know if you find any of them. You might find one or two characters in, in some of the gods out there. But to find those five characters in one god, our god is the only one that has those five cards. So in, in other, other religions, they said God is in, in his heaven. He is all prideful. He is all... Like, I'm there, you come to me. I'll tell you what to do to come up to me. I'll tell you what to do, you cannot see me. You cannot come and and, and see me. You cannot come and touch me. You cannot come and hear me. I'll tell you, I'll send you some people to tell you what to do to come up to me. But in our religion, in Christianity, God came to us. That's why St. Paul said a very good verse said, And without controversy... Great is the mystery of godliness God was manifested in the flesh great mystery what a great mystery god appears in the flesh why god would leave his throne would leave his heaven and come to us because he loves us because he cares about us because we are his children the only accepted idea in anyone's mind, um, intellectually, socially, religiously, um humanity, and the only accepted idea is for a God to come and save his children, to take them up to him. Not to stay where he is and ask everyone to struggle to reach him. St. Saint, Saint John uh, the Beloved said something, a very, a very good verse um, in his epistle. St. John said, he was preaching, he said, that which was formed from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled, concerning the word of life. Where is, in other religions, where is the God that we can see and deal with and handle and touch he would, he would sit and, and eat with his disciples. He would come down and actually wash their feet and be crucified with all humiliation on the cross to save us. Where else you would find that? We can relate to him. Why can we relate to him? Because when we talk to God and tell him, God, I am in pain, he will tell you, I know you are in pain because I've been through that pain. When you tell him, God, I've been tempted, he will tell you, I know, I've been tempted too. When you tell him, God, I have sadness, he will tell you, yes, I know what sadness is, I know what sorrow is, because I've been through it. So we can relate to him, because he have been through what I am going through. Everything that he asked me to do, he did it himself. Even obeying the death, even the death of the cross, as St. Paul says in Philippians, in the passage of Philippians. So we can relate to him simply because he went through what I am going through now. What do we go through that he did not go through? We are born, he was born. We are going through troubles in our life, he went through them. Sometimes we are betrayed and sometimes we we are sad because of bad relationships with us. Disciples himself denied him and doubted him and he was psychologically in pain too. We are tempted, he was tempted. We die, he died. What else that we are going through that he did not go through? We did not go through nothing. So we can relate to him. So in, in Christianity, number one point, I, in Christianity, I have the best of God. Why? He is full of love. He is the Pantocrator, Almighty. He is full of wisdom. He is the Father, unconditional love, unlimited giving. And he is the God, the only God. That came down to humanity to save humanity. That took my form to save us. Took my form to save my image. The, the only reason why God took my image is to fix that image. Because my image was corrupted when Adam and Eve sinned. So um, that's number one. We said when you compare religions, you compare with five points, right? So number, number one is who is God in that religion. So that's what we talked about today. Should we take another one? I we'll, think we'll continue next time. God. us keep that in mind and do your homework for today. So um, We said when we compare religions, we said who is God? Who is man in that religion? Who is my role model? Who is my example? What's my source of teaching? And what's the promise that I have in that religion? So today we talked about who is God in Christianity? God is the best to God because He is full of love. He is almighty. He is full of wisdom. He is the Father. He, call, he let us call Him a Father. And He came to lift us to Him. He was incarnate. He came down to us to lift us up to Him. Not just waiting for us to reach Him. Whether we make it or not, it doesn't matter. So that's point number one. So keep that in mind. We'll continue, inshallah, our series every week. But please, do your homework when you can. It's something, a lot of us sometimes will go on a net. Try to find other religions and try to, to see what's the concept of God in every religion. And compare with those five points. You will not find God, another God with a small g, of course. You're not going to find another God that has those five characters combined in him. So keep that in mind. Be, be proud <coughs> of, of our religion and know why you are Christian. Again, our theme is launching into the depth to know exactly why we're Christians. Uh, before I leave, I want to just say one more comment. Um, I hear from a lot of uh, people, because of what's happening, this is a completely separate topic, that we are afraid that we are worried when we hear the news, we are troubled. Please, if we are are true Christians, a true Christian should not fear anything. God, uh, our Lord, is my light, I am my salvation. Whom should I fear? Um, Don't listen to the news a lot. Don't don't listen to stories a lot. Be a true Christian who has God's uh, love in your heart. And I know it's easier said than done. But when we are troubled, when we are afraid, we are troubled, we are worried, that's exactly what terrorism is all about. Terrorism is all about that everyone is afraid. Everyone cannot sleep. Everyone is terrified. That's exactly the goal of terrorism. So do not serve that goal. Be a true Christian and be brave. And be honest with yourself. If I need strong faith, a stronger faith, I need to come closer to God. Because of what's happening, who is remembering that we are in the Advent now? Who is remembering that we are fasting for the nativity of Christ? Who is remembering that we're preparing ourselves for the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ? Don't let any of the stuff, It's sad, of course, sad incidents, sad accidents, sad events, by all means. We all condemn them, but I would not allow them to penetrate to my heart and my psychological state. So be strong, be brave, be a true Christian, and do not fear anything. Do not fear anyone. Do not fear the future. And our Lord Jesus Christ taught us in the Sermon on the Mountain, He says, do not worry about tomorrow. Just enjoy today. Thank God today we're here and we're having a a good spiritual gathering, we're going to have the body and the blood of Allah, Jesus Christ, then we have Sunday school, and then we have a beautiful day. Enjoy the day. Why would I ruin today? Because of my fear of tomorrow. Just enjoy the day. When tomorrow comes, we'll worry about it. Okay, so, when you hear those kind of things, pray that may God bring peace in everyone's heart. Try to, to, to pray to God to bring His name. And, and his wisdom, and his love to everyone's heart. This is what we need to pray, but with no fear and no worry. I know it's, it's not easy to do, but true Christianity, that's what it's all about. Would not fear anything, do not fear anyone. Try to do that, and ask God to give you the strength and to give you the power. And Glory be to God forever. Amen.